Quasimodo. My buddy, Betty D, a sour puss you'll see. But when I'm done, he'll leave no gun to the Joker. He will be C, D, a C, H, I, I love to make the pain. Believe me, it's no strange. Plush Rush. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Um, Kyle, we're we're back out here. Um, and, and not only is a new lunar new year upon us that being the year of the rabbit um but spring is nearly upon us as well which is you know a time of year when rabbits and their families uh, are making their debuts uh so so it feels appropriate uh during this this week in in early march that we're we're talking about our, uh, the best disney bunny and and we are finishing off the bracket to uh, hopefully crown a bunny champion yeah, if Bambi and Zootopia have taught us anything, we about to see a lot, lot of bunnies rolling around here pretty soon. Yeah, I I really enjoy this bracket. I love when we get into these kind of character brackets in Disney. Uh, I remember the cats one being very fun. I remember the dogs ones being very fun, the birds. And here we are with bunnies. And it's uh, it's just been a blast. And here along for the ride is our our friend and first time guest host, Courtney. Courtney, welcome back. Glad to be back. Did you have any rabbits growing up? Were you somebody that had the, you know, the rabbit cage in the backyard or or any sort of rabbit setup? I did not. However, my cousins did. But for some reason, the way that rabbits move and they're very skittish, it freaked me out. I always thought they're going to bite me like <laughs> little hamster. I got bit by a hamster as a kid and my brain just associated it. So no, I did not have one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think growing up, I was always very wary of rabbits because I felt like they were so shifty and I was afraid that they were going to like spring around, defy the physics like an Oswald and just jolt at me. So I kept my distance. And then, of course, you have this all comes together. uh, Jordan Peele's Us, the horror film that takes place over here in Santa Cruz. And there's this this theme of rabbits in these these white rabbits with the the red eyes, the blood red eyes. And I, I don't want that. I don't like them. And it's interesting because Disney takes the other route. We are talking about a lot of cute, endearing rabbits as opposed to maybe some of these scary rabbit uh, encounters. Chris, did you have rabbits growing up? I know you had, uh, you saw a lot in your backyard, but did you own any as pets? Did not own a rabbit, no. Uh, Elizabeth, my sister, uh, was a rat owner. Uh, which you know, shout out to Elizabeth, rat. my sister hey, was a rat. <laughs> she All was right, a rat. Let's girl. move on. No, she, did I say she was a rat? I, I meant to say she owned a rat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was a rat owner. Um, and uh, shout out to Chipper uh, because uh, you know, rat pretty underrated animal. I think uh, yeah. very very easy to take care of um, and actually pretty fun to uh, play with as well. As long as you don't lose sight of them. 
<laughs> Straight up. All right, Chris, let's talk about our spoonful of sugar for this week. What are you drinking over there? This this one's a lot of words, so please uh, bear with me here. Okay. Um, I have noticed that I I am retiring from drinking sours that come in like cans that are like super bright and colorful and it's like cool like i will no longer be deceived Mm. by the artwork (laughs) on the beer like i'm done it's happened too many times uh you know buzzwords and and interesting flavors added to the thing like it never ends up working out well for me so i've kind of noticed that like if it's a you know a somewhat more expensive bottle and it comes in like a brown glass bottle i tend to like it more um, and I was on a pretty good run of those, but this one is called the St. Decara, brewed and bottled by Distill Brewery in Bloomington, Illinois. It's a reserve sour ale. And like, dude, this bottle is, it, it got me, dude. Like <laughs> it, it says, it says batch year 2013 and it's Ooh. like written in pen Yeah, uh, and it has like the barrel number written in pen too. Whoa. So I'm like, damn, like this is some like homegrown sour ale, like no flavors added. Like this is pure, uh, you know, soured by the barrel itself, which like, I mean, that's, that's what I like. I've learned that that's what I like. And, yeah. um, you know, this be, you know, this kind of darker sort of sour beer color is like what I want. Um, but I'm just taking a few sips of this and it's really not that good. Uh, I really oh, no. don't don't enjoy it. It's it's not sour at all. Um, it doesn't even really taste like a beer. So I don't know. Hmm. It just sort of tastes like water with like a little hint of like orange in it or like maybe apricot or something. It's a little bitter. Hmm. Wouldn't recommend. Sorry, guys. Sorry to St. DeCara uh, and the Distill Brewery in Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, hold this L. Kyle, what do you, what do you got? Uh, I think for the first time ever, I don't know what I'm drinking. Oh no. I have no idea what this is. Uh, we were given a like homemade cocktail from a friend that this is awful back in like December, right? So I'm about to record this episode, going into the fridge, see what I've got. I've got some white claws. And then I have the mason jar of whatever this is. And I was like, oh, man, this is already a homemade cocktail. I should have it. It's a few months uh, past when they gave it to me, but whatever. We'll give, we'll give it a try. I don't know what it is. It is yellow in color. I think that it is a lemon drop. I think that is like a big batch of a lemon drop, which is just a limoncello drink. Um, vodka, lemon, like sugar juice that sort of thing. That's what it tastes like, but I am unsure. Uh, And so I guess we'll find out by the end of this episode just how old this is (laughs) and it may cause an immediate blackout. We don't know. We will find out. Uh, So I'm taking a gamble. Courtney, what do you have over there? Um, So the sugary drinks have kind of gotten to me. And like I said, in the last episode, I have not been drinking alcohol in support of my friends. Uh, I am drinking a sugar-free, zero-calorie, fat-free diet water. Diet water, baby. Let's go. Hell yeah. (laughs) Staying staying hydrated over there. (laughs) Someone has to do it for us because we're not doing it. (laughs) Hell no. Hate water. (laughs) If you blackout, I got you. I'll still be here. (laughs) Hey, thank you. Yeah, you can take the reins. You can take over for me. 
All right, let's chat about how we got to this Elite Eight. Uh, we talked about the demographic that chose these rabbits. There's people wearing Oswald the Lucky Rabbit ears over at the Disneyland Resort. Our interns asked them their favorite rabbits. They gave us 16. There were some that missed the dance from Jessica Rabbit to the milkshakes or pancakes bunny to the jackalope from Boundin. Uh, and so here we are after uh, an episode of debating with an Elite Eight. And it looks like this, the number one, Roger Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit and all of the other entities versus the number eight rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. Down the brackets, the number 13, Lucky Jack from Home on the Range versus the number five, the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. Across the brackets, the number two, Thumper from Bambi versus the number 10, Bunny from Toy Story 4. And rounding out that Elite Eight, it's the number three, Judy Hopps from Zootopia versus the number six, the March Hare from Alice in Wonderland. Chris, I jump-started our conversation last time. Why don't you start us off this time? Yeah, sure. I would love to talk about this heavyweight matchup that is the number one Roger Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit versus number eight Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> you know, I'm not- I'm noticing that the rabbit naming uh, system in these Disney movies isn't extremely creative. No. Uh, we've got the white rabbit. We've got rabbit. We've got bunny. We've got Roger Rabbit. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of one note, but you know what? That's okay. Uh, we need the people to know who these uh, who these characters <laughs> are, so. I guess. Um, yeah, I didn't get to say a whole lot about Roger, but I would I would love to talk about it. Um, Roger Rabbit is uh, a movie that I I enjoy. Uh, it definitely fear feels weird uh, calling it a Disney movie, but uh, it is. Uh, or is it some type of like Buena Vista uh, touchstone type situation? Yeah, I think it's a it's a touchstone situation. Sure. Um, but, you know, Roger, uh, Courtney brought up on the, uh, the kind of tail end of the matchup last episode that she loves uh, card Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. Mm. And uh, I love it always breaks down to I don't know why I like it so much. <laughs> hey, that's part of what makes it endearing, because you know what? Maybe the, maybe the attraction itself is part of Roger Rabbit uh, <laughs> as like an entity. Right. Um you have this this character that Kyle, the way you put it, was uh, he's he's um, you know skittish and shifty, and and emotionally in Roger's case, yeah, uh, Roger doesn't do a lot of um, physical running um, or escaping or, or bouncing around. Other than when he's really drunk uh, after he takes a shot of maybe brandy or something he's like that, something some brown liquor. <laughs> But uh, emotionally, he's he's everywhere all of the time. Yeah. Um, and then you have this attraction in, in the park that is Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin, and it is very chaotic. It is a, kind of a, a stylistic interpretation of the brain that is Roger Rabbit's brain. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, that's kind of the aesthetic of the movie, too. It's, it's kind of chaos overlaid onto the boring, dreary, real world uh, with the commentary that, like, the tune world is exciting, and though it can be chaotic and that makes it scary, it is also necessary uh, to kind of bring light and bring joy to our existence. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, I love that the attraction that was chosen to 
be assigned to the Roger Rabbit IP is this kind of spinning dark ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you ride Pinocchio, you ride Snow White, you ride Peter Pan, and it's like they're, they're these sort of gentle, nice, uh, you know, relaxing, pleasant dark rides. Uh, and then you go, you go up and ride Roger Rabbit and it's a dark ride. It's technically in the same genre, but okay, let's go ahead and make it spin also. <laughs> <laughs> and, let's make um, it chaotic as hell. Let's put a bunch of like sight gags in it and make it uh, sort of borderline um, scary and, and very, very in your face. Uh, and so I, I think that's a great sort of like representation of the Roger Rabbit universe. Um, and, and it is in its essence, very rabbit like in that way. It's, it's very hard to grasp. Um, and it's, it's high energy. Yeah. Very high energy. I had mentioned last episode, how kind of stupid, uh, rabbits are. And that <laughs> I provided the example that one time I had a little like straw, I was trying to grow some strawberries cause strawberries are my favorite fruit. And, uh, <laughs> a rabbit got himself inside of the chicken wire we had set up specifically to keep rabbits out of it. And he could not escape his own trap that he got himself into. Right. Roger is doing stuff like that all the time. Uh, And 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 not in a, not in like a physical sense that he's like getting stuck places. He's just getting himself into situations that he either does not need to be in or he's making situations that are already tense so much worse. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm thinking specifically about the scene when he is, they're, they're trying to like hide Roger in the bar above the uh, red line trolley company. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if he was like behind in like the back room or he was yeah. like behind the bar or something. He was in the like prohibition room that was hiding in the back. Yeah, or wasn't he like he like hand, he ends up handcuffing himself to Eddie Valiant uh, with a pair of cuffs that doesn't have a lock, and so like Eddie Valiant has to basically like hide Roger behind his back or something. Yeah. Well, I think it's the the weasels are there kind of interrogating him, and it's like a very tense scene. And Roger is just doing everything he possibly can to make it infinitely more difficult uh, for Eddie to like. <laughs> Uh, keep him hidden yeah and 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 that is very rabbit like you know like rabbits don't like to be uh in cages they like to to run free uh and they also you know they they don't do well under pressure they're they they want to run away from from situations like that so right i love uh those kind of moments like that that happen in uh in who framed roger rabbit um the Winnie the Pooh character rabbit. I kind of mentioned that I don't really think he's a a pleasant person to be around. Uh, I don't know that Roger is a particularly pleasant person to be be around either. He's kind of a frustrating person to be around. Um, But, but rabbit is too. I mean, maybe question for you guys. Who do you think is uh, floofier Roger rabbit or Winnie the Pooh rabbit because neither of them seem <laughs> particularly floofy. Oh, I would have to say that Roger Rabbit is the floofier because he has the big fluffy looking cheeks. I'm going to agree with you. And on top of that, I don't think I would want to like 
pet rabbit. I'm pretty sure he'd bite me or something. <laughs> Yo, hey, ra- rabbit might have rabies or something. <laughs> <laughs> he could have some type of, yeah, he's got some mange and that's why he's looking so, uh, <laughs> so ratchet, ratchet rabbit. <laughs> that's his full name now, ratchet rabbit. Ratchet rabbit, there it is. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, like rabbit is, um, Roger rabbit is this, this city rabbit. Uh, and, and he's like this actor and, and do you, do you remember if they provide any kind of like backstory for, for Roger rabbit? Like, did he come from the farm or something? I don't think that they provided much. We get introduced to him on the set of a short that he's filming. So we meet Roger as a actor uh, and then they don't dive into much of his backstory. And I don't know that we've ever really gotten it in the form of like film or shorts. Um, I think, you know, I think in this this matchup, I'm going to go with Roger. Uh, I didn't have Rabbit moving on in the last matchup just because I don't think he displays a lot of Rabbit-like qualities other than kind of like living out, uh, living on the land and... and 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 just like literally being a rabbit, uh, I think I like Roger's sort of like emotional skittishness uh, much more than anything really rabbit brings to the table. Yeah, there's two things about Roger that I really want to talk about. One is there there was kind of like two separate scenes that you had brought up in all in one, and both of them exemplify kind of this skittishness, but also like almost overreaction uh to to danger number one is roger when he meets eddie valiant in eddie's apartment that's when he handcuffs himself to him so like roger is like trying to convince him to take the case and like prove his innocence of killing rk maroon and he handcuffs himself to eddie as the weasel show up to eddie's apartment to like Mm. try and find roger and so roger is trying to like makes the most extreme thing, which is handcuff himself. No, he doesn't think about what could happen after that. Uh, Eddie has to like dunk him in the sink as right. if he's washing like clothes as the weasels are around. And then the second one is when they're in the bar and the weasels show up as well with Judge Doom. And Judge Doom plays the the record, the uh, shave and a haircut, two <laughs> bits. And Roger can't contain himself from finishing the song because it's like a cartoon song and he busts through the wall and does the two bits and gets That's found. Right. That right. is that rabbit getting that strawberries from <laughs> your garden. It's like just this, I cannot resist the temptation and I'm going to go through over anything, any obstacle in order to get that. And Roger <laughs> shows that in that in both of those scenes. Goes the, the Jurassic lengths, doesn't really know how to get out of it granted he can pull his hand out of the handcuff because he's a cartoon and put it back on and that's the whole gag um but he kind of shows those impulsive moves to get out of a current situation without any regard of what it will happen afterwards and that is very much what a prey kind of animal would do escape immediate danger figure out how to to survive beyond that um, so I, I think that that's a benefit of him just being this kind of chaotic character. But for our purposes, it also lends well to being a rabbit. Um, 
Roger in his kind of cartoon form and his Disney-ness uh, kind of veers further towards the more spastic of Disney, which I don't think they're very well known for up until this kind of new Mick style that we get. Uh, he feels very much like a Looney Tune, and that is in on par with what we see in this film and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because we do get a lot of Looney Tunes. The tunes are supposed to be wacky and crazy and have no regard for human life because that's what brought Eddie Valiant to where he is, right? A tune killed his brother. And so the ride reflects that. Every short we get out of Roger reflects that. It's almost like Disney's satire on Tom and Jerry or on the Looney Tunes themselves. Uh, so he's an interesting character. I, I really like Roger and Disney really, really liked Roger. I mean, they were trying to turn that boy into the next Mick. They developed an entire goddamn corner of the park trying to make Roger Rabbit the next big thing, and he just never really caught on. Uh, he's up against the the rabbit from Winnie the Pooh, and like I, I'm not a big fan of rabbit. I'm a big fan of rabbit getting roasted or being kind of cornered into situations that you just know are going to set him off. Uh, but, but like he does not really give off a ton of, of rabbit qualities. And I think that's okay in the Winnie the Pooh context, because a lot of them are embodiments of like human emotions and not so much their emotions or like how their animals would react or, or act or be, but it's still just really interesting how not rabbit like he is other than he's kind of adverse to danger or difference or or change uh, he kind of wants to c- stay content stay in his little burrow he wants to just be left alone i think that rabbits probably want that as well if you go on to uh youtube you can find an entire compilation that is titled in which rabbit loses his grip on reality that is the title of the youtube video and it's just all of the times in which the gang have like driven him to complete insanity and it's a very good compilation highly recommend in which rabbit loses his grip on reality and that is him summed up every time that he's the focus of an episode the gang is driving him closer and closer to the edge until he completely loses it he gets the corilla spiral in his eyes and he overreacts courtney brought it up he has a lot of kind of like ocd tendencies he needs things to be very perfect He needs things to be in their place. He needs things to happen in in sequential order. And that's just not going to be the case with the 100 Acre Woods gang. So he really feels like more of an embodiment of of a human, while Roger Rabbit feels more like in the embodiment of a general cartoon. So it's really, this is really tough matchup for me. Um, I think that I'm going to go ahead and just based on likability, I'm going to go with Roger Rabbit. Uh, he gives just enough rabbit qualities while maintaining kind of that endearing protagonist that we like to see out of a Disney film and Disney entity to move him on past rabbit who feels more like a one of your friends, like a, a human in a rabbit skin. And I, I think I want to see a little bit more rabbit out of rabbit, which is kind of crazy. So uh, Roger Rabbit, we'll go ahead and move on. Courtney, any issues there? No, um, I don't know if you guys have heard this theory before about Winnie the Pooh characters having like actual like characteristics of human like 
traits. So rabbit would be like anxiety, your would be depression. And so to me, it's not really like, they're not actual animals, they're characteristics of humans. So like, mm. even though rabbit is a rabbit, he doesn't really embody rabbit characteristics, which is funny because in the last battle between rabbit and Stella Lou, that was the whole reason why I picked him. But Roger Rabbit also carries human qualities, but he is a little bit more rabbit on this one. So I'll agree with you guys there. Yeah, it, the the entire kind of Winnie the Pooh franchise is based around this idea that Christopher Robin brings his stuffed animals into the woods to play with and then compartmentalizes his feelings in each of these stuffed animals or the animals that he sees. Like I don't I don't think that he has a rabbit stuffed animal. Like rabbit is an actual rabbit, but he has like a kangaroo stuffed animal, which is why Kanga exists in the woods. And Tigger is not a tiger, he is a stuffed animal. And he's given these personalities. So I agree with you. I agree. I completely buy into that theory and they do it really well. So yeah, rabbit is the embodiment of even probably more so like uh, OCD before they wanted to call it OCD. Because let me tell you, they gave Piglet two extra doses of anxiety in order to represent that that human trait for sure. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this next matchup. It's number 13. The Lucky Jack Rabbit from Home on the Range versus the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. The White Rabbit, I love the embodiment of him because he is that kind of rabbit that needs to get away or towards a situation and will, it's he's going to make those moves. He's late. Rabbits don't move like they have all the time in the world. They move like they're late to something. Rabbits are sp- Sprinting. They are hopping. They are quickly getting to wherever they need to go, mostly out of survival instincts. And that's the same here with White Rabbit. He needs to be on time because if he doesn't, guess what? It's off with his head. So he kind of embodies that for me. Even though he's maybe not sprinting, 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 uh, he's definitely trying to get to a from point A to point B as quickly as he can. Uh, we see that Rabbit the white rabbit has a a large family when Alice rolls up to his house and gets too big in it. She walks up the steps and on the steps wall is a family portrait and there's like seven little tiny bunny heads. So he's, he's embodying that reproductive skill that rabbits have of just popping out the bunches of them. So I appreciate that about the white rabbit. And he also like looks and kind of just behaves like a rabbit skittish, almost scattered, kind of moving, as I said earlier, point A to point B, but also afraid of what is to come. He's not too hot on Alice. He's not too hot on the people that he encounters. He's more avoidant of them. He needs to get back to, assumedly, like his owner, the the Queen of Hearts, but it's out of fear. He does not want to die, as rabbits do not want to die. Lucky Jack, I think, Chris, you brought up a lot of great points about how Cool it is that they're representing this like really badass rabbit in the desert and <laughs> the desert hare. Uh, but he is just so absurdly slapsticky that it takes away from any sort of character quality that he has other than to try and get those cheap laughs out of the kids in the audience of the way that he gets hurt or he hurts others. And I feel like that's just not necessarily what Disney does with their characters. And that doesn't feel very rabbit. 
at least Disney rabbit. We don't see them inflicting pain on others. We don't see them trying to, uh, you know, MacGyver their way out of situations. Oftentimes, if they are MacGyvering, they're doing it with their brains, not necessarily their bronze. So I think that the white rabbit is a little bit more embodying of a rabbit in this matchup. And so that's why the Alice bunny is moving on. Yeah, it was was Lucky Rabbit, Lucky Rabbit, wow, uh, <laughs> Lucky Jack, uh, the one you were talking about last round, where like he got a bump on his head and it makes like the little like yeah oh. man like that's some that's some Looney Tunes shit like we don't <laughs> we'll not that there's it. I mean hey not that there's anything wrong with it like there's a place for that kind of animation too but uh, not really kind of what we come to and we want to drink out of the Disney well yeah um, y- yeah I, I was getting big. Uh, you know, uh, like Wiley e. Coyote vibes, I guess yes, maybe uh, yes, to, to yes. reference a Looney Tunes character uh, and just like the little snippets of, of Lucky Jack that I saw. Um, very kooky, like over the top. Um, and I think just, just for the kids really uh, more yeah. than anything. So uh, I'm with you on the white rabbit and, and kind of, I guess again, like I, I don't know that his, his rabbit qualities will, will take him kind of to the championship here, but, uh, I am always, even though I don't like Alice in Wonderland, I do kind of appreciate the the cultural impact that this movie uh, kind of um, caused the, the story of Alice in Wonderland to have. Like, it's obviously not a Disney story uh, originally, uh, but, you know, uh, this animated adaptation of, of the Lewis Carroll classic ha- has sort of put Alice in Wonderland in the zeitgeist and things like the white rabbit are really, um, you know, like paramount to, to, to kind of that cultural value that the, the IP has, you know, following going down the rabbit hole, so to speak, or, you know, following the white rabbit. Like we, we know exactly what we mean when we say stuff like that. So I think if nothing more than to kind of out of, respect for <laughs> uh the white rabbit uh you know yeah i would love to advance him uh, along to over uh lucky jack who you know honestly i don't know a lot about him so <laughs> no problem here uh corny do you do you agree with that or, or do you have any uh, love love left for lucky jack uh no love left for lucky jack fortunately in some but uh i i agree with you guys on the white rabbit the more i thought about it and as we were talking about like our childhoods with like rabbits and stuff like that. I just imagine Alice is chasing after this white rabbit. If you've ever tried to catch a rabbit when it's running, it's hard. So we're Not. giving it straight up to the white rabbit. <laughs> she was doomed from the start. <laughs> All right, over to the other side of the bracket where we've got number two Thumper from Bambi versus number 10 Bunny from Toy Story 4. So these were, these are two rabbits that we sort of advanced pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, in the last episode, so maybe we can take some time to, to kind of talk about them. And maybe we can start with the, the higher seed Thumper. Um, Thumper is is Bambi's bestie. Oh, yeah. Like, like Thumper is... I, I, like, I obviously stan um, the young prince, but, like, <laughs> Thumper might be, like, the, the glue that holds this movie together for me. Oh, for um, sure. Because this movie is so much about like youth and about growing up. And while Bambi represents 
the kind of like young naive brain innocence of like the growing up journey thumper is like the little shithead know-it-all kid that you know taught you what a condom was at the lunch table when you're probably <laughs> too young to know what it was right like um it's such like a realistic depiction of like that kid that you know that is your friend because he's in your vicinity if for no other reason yeah um and so, uh, so I really love him for that reason. And like on top of the fact that he's actually a really good bunny depiction too. Like, yeah. um, we talked a little bit about his woman, uh, Miss Bunny and kind of like the reproductive process being, <laughs> uh, an important one to, to mention in Bambi. Uh, it's part of nature. It's a part of growing up. Um, and it's definitely part of uh, the bunny life cycle as well. Like they're, yeah. they're known for reproducing. And so, um, you know, who, who would Thumper be uh, in this, in this Disney classic, if he doesn't get it on and get, get it. it in, get let's it. go bro. Thumper fucks. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just call it how it is. Um, and, and like, in addition to that, uh, Thumper's a jumper. Like Thumper, yeah. Thumper taught Bambi how to jump. He was like, "Hey, you see this log that's on the ground? We can't jump it." Look at that shit. Here's what. Here's shit. what you got. Here's what you guys do. Take one leg, boom. Two leg, boom. Jump Nailed that it. shit. You got mm-hmm. it. Uh, and so, hey, what what better than a rabbit to teach uh, Bambi how to jump? That's right. I think my favorite part though is is thumper meeting miss bunny um and it all starts when they're just walking through walking through minding their own business they yeah. just you know come out of hibernation they just growed up a little bit you know yeah. they're feeling themselves <laughs> and uh yeah. you know out of the corner of his eye he sees miss bunny and mm. uh you know he doesn't do the like bugs bunny like ooga, ooga, <laughs> and like his like heart beats out of his chest he does exactly what a bunny does in real life when they get scared they just freeze complete completely frozen <laughs> and the thing that i am scared of hope i hope it just leaves because i don't want it to notice me right now yeah uh and i and like it that little shot goes on for just long enough that you're like oh my god so good <laughs> um and then she she keeps kind of doing her you know her miss bunny thing wiggling and wobbling a little bit and mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. And, and thumper thumper's reaction is just like blank this, this complete complete blank stare which is so good because he's that he's he is uh if you know fast times at ridgemont high he's the mike damone yeah because exactly. damone's uh, damone's talking a big game you know when there's no girls around he's like oh here's what you gotta do man that you gotta you gotta have the attitude and then one comes around and he like he can't do it like he yep. fumbles the bag and that's exactly <laughs> what thumper does like he's talking a big game like he knows everything and then the girl finally comes along and he's like oh uh, so good and like that's not necessarily a bunny thing it's just like a great like character <laughs> moment uh, right. for for thumper um and also like dude he he be thumping like thumper be thumping thumper uh, be he's, thumping he's, he's he's got the little leg kick that you know when he gets excited when he gets scared uh oh, when he's happy when he's when sad he like whenever ar- when he's aroused as yeah. we saw when he gets that ear, he gets that he gets ear that, rub from his bunny <laughs> um it's it, it's just so good and like if you don't 
if you and like honestly like Uh, i'm very very sad because so much like growing up before i had seen bambi i thought bambi was a girl I thought Thumper was a girl. Like I thought the I thought Flower, the flower was, a, was a girl. Like I thought all these Bambi characters were like little girls because yeah. they don't put Bambi characters on the boy quote unquote the boy merch. Like what's sure. up with that? Like what yeah. is up with that? Like these are these are two extremely healthy depictions of young men. Sure. And like why are we not trying to like you know spread that around? <laughs> like it's amazing. <laughs> Um, so I love Thumper, love the bunny elements, um, bunny from Toy Story 4. Uh, I kind of briefly mentioned voiced by Jordan Peele. Um, and, and I think bunny is, um, fun. I think that him and Jordan Peele's comedy provides a few brief moments of enjoyment in, in the, (laughs) insanely boring movie that is Toy Story 4. Um, So I definitely appreciate their presence, but they're definitely uh, a dynamic duo. They're a two-for-one package. Like, they're that character that, like, you can't really separate them. And if we're talking about moving Bunny along, like, we have to advance uh, Ducky with him, you know? Mm. Like, they do everything together. They're literally attached at the hip. Literally attached. and and like yeah, they're they're hilarious, um, and I love kind of the way that them being stuffed animals sort of makes you think about like where does Toy Story draw the line in like mm-hmm. what comes to life and not you know, uh, and there are a few moments where th- they think they see a stuffed animal with like the cotton coming out. And like, Is that what we look like on the inside? Yeah, <laughs> um, and I love I love the the plush rush bit, um, and them being kind of uh, you know attacking people randomly. I think it's the old lady that works in the antique yeah, store. Or antique story. Um, yeah, they're really funny, but I don't think bunny himself displays a lot of those rabbit, um, traits that, you know, thumper definitely has. And, and pretty much every other one of these rabbits on this bracket has, I think it would be unfair to advance bunny, um, against all these guys and is in especially thumper. Um, so I respect the performance. I think the character's fun. But as far as best Disney bunny, it it has to be Thumper here. Yeah. Bunny, unfortunately, is a stuffed animal and plays the part of stuffed animal more than leans into his like bunny qualities whatsoever. Doesn't even really look like a rabbit outside of his ears. And I that's on purpose, right? It's like the carnival toy that you get doesn't actually look like the thing that it's supposed to be. It looks like a teddy bear that has been made to look like the thing it's supposed to be. And so you're you're completely correct that Ducky and Bunny kind of need to come together as a pair. And they're a phenomenal pair. It's like watching Key and Peele Jr. watching Toy Story 4. It's all of the same bits from the Comedy Central right, show. Right. It's just made into like Toy Story format. And I love I ate that shit up. I ate it up. <laughs> I was eating that up. I was eating Forky up. I was eating all of those little comedy bits up. And they're phenomenal. They added a level of like real life to the Toy Story films that we didn't really ever see before out of toys, it felt like, uh, especially because everything was so sentimental and deep and feeling. And then here is Ducky and Bunny being absolutely absurd. So I love everything that they do. I love everything that they did in this film. And for the film, 
but it has to be Thumper for sure. Uh, that is a powerhouse number two seed there. It, you, that personality of Thumper that is confident but timid is willing to be put in his place primarily by the women in his life, uh, his mother and, and Miss Bunny. Uh, and also just really drives the film. Like if we don't have Thumper, we have Flower who's too shy to do anything and then Bambi who's too dumb to do anything. And so you really need Thumper to move that crew along. Uh, so I really appreciate that a lot. Uh, I'm going to agree. Thumper moves on. Courtney, give us a little swan song for Bunny because I know that you, uh, you, you love you some Toy Story 4 Bunny. I mean, as much as I love Bunny and the comedic duo that is Bunny and Ducky, you are right. He doesn't exactly embody, like, Bunny characteristics. Um, Thumper is a standalone character. Uh, I love the relationship with Bambi. While his Riz game is lacking, (laughs) like, ratatata, Thumper, you go. (laughs) That is the uh, the first Riz mention on the <laughs> podcast. So thank you for bringing that. You're you're totally right, though. That scene with Miss Bunny is phenomenal. It is so long. It is like the her just stunning thumper is so long, and it's perfect. <laughs> he is like a twelve year old boy who is whose crush has just noticed him for the first time. It is it's very good. All right. Let's talk about this last matchup of the Elite Eight. It's number three, Judy Hopps versus number six, March Hare. Uh, let me talk about March Hare because I did a lot of the Judy Hopps talking last time. March Hare, you, Chris, brought up that he is very, very chaotic, a, a rabbit on caffeine, and he is. He's he's cracked out. He's cracked out. We brought this up on the highest, was it highest? No, turnt, most turnt boy Disney bracket uh, and March Hare was on there and he is turned. He is, he is cracked out. He is going nuts. Uh, he has a ton of energy, but he doesn't give off that rabbit quality of kind of skittishness. He is almost just distracted. He is, he is thinking about too many things all at once and he is, he can't formulate a single thought. And that really matches the vibe of the, the mad tea party. Because none of them can. <laughs> and that's why they are all mad there. But if you take a trip over to Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, where we get like a real rabbit that is sitting at the table, my man's is stressed. Uh, <laughs> he is so shaky and anxious and just constantly looking around. He has, he's got a twitch because he's over caffeinated. But he's mostly worried. He's not like the March Hare in the animated film who is really driving a lot of the conversation. He's really pushing that scene forward with the Mad Hatter kind of being ditzy in the corner. The March Hare is the opposite in the in the live action film in which he is. He does not want any attention. He does not want what's coming to him. He is just afraid of the prince that is coming after uh, Alice as Alice is uh, and he he is just a wreck you know how we said that rabbit from Winnie the Pooh is like mangy and kind of gross well in Christopher Robin rabbit is not that mangy and gross but he is this like photorealistic rabbit rabbit from the animated Winnie the Pooh is definitely rabbit from the live action Alice in Wonderland just this mange just 
rolled out of bed, can't put themselves together, too freaked out to do anything. Like that is what I think of when I think of the live action March Hare. But when we think about the March Hare, I think we automatically default to the animated, as we probably should. The live action Alice in Wonderland was not very good. The score, phenomenal. But the movie, not so good. So the I really like the March Hare, though, because he he gives that kind of cartoonish uh, nod to the maybe the rabbits that came before him, in which he's able to utilize his big ears to kind of make movements that other people can't. He's using his ear to, like, grab teacups and lift his hat and do all of these kind of things, wave with his ear, similar to kind of Thumper does uh, with Miss Bunny. And so I really like that. But you're right. He doesn't give off a ton of more bunny attributes. Uh, he gives off a lot more kind of like drunk uncle at the party attributes or <laughs> cracked out uncle at the party attributes. And I love him for it. I love that term boy. He's great. And he's up against Judy Hopps, who I wanted to down last time because I feel like she doesn't give enough of the rabbit tendencies. I think that she obviously physically embodies one. Uh, Courtney, you said it very well last time that she uses her ability as a rabbit to outsmart and outdo the other animals. And that's what rabbits have to do. That's why they are the way they are. They are small, fast. They have these big feet so that they can make these crazy landings. They are able to defy physics in order to escape situations. And I think Judy Hopps embodies that a lot, but she does it proactively. And I think rabbits do it reactively. And that is more of my issue with Judy Hopps is that she is trying to be something which is great for the film. This is like such an, an awful statement. Like down goes Judy for trying to do something. She should be, should be a stupid bunny that sits back. <laughs> which is not what I'm saying, but it is what I'm saying. Like she is not the embodiment of, of kind of this rabbit who does it reactively. She's doing a lot of proactive stuff while we, a lot of the rabbits that we see on this bracket and in Disney in general are very reactive. Um, and March Hare kind of is like that too. He's not very reactive. He is just kind of this, this drunk boy at the, at the tea party, but I like that drunk boy at the tea party. So I'm going to move the March Hare on. Yeah, I mean, this is this is actually a really hard one for me because I, I think these two are very like evenly matched. Um, I, I like a lot of the personality traits of of the March Hare that you're talking about. You know, like the anxiousness, constantly uh, uneasy. I mean, that's that's pretty much like what a rabbit's nature is. You know, and and like you said, they've sort of developed evolutionary and ev evolutionally they evolved. They evolved to have, you know, large ears to, to kind of, uh, help their, their skittish nature. Yeah. So, um, I like that about him, but, but I think I really like the, the journey that, that Judy hops goes on. Uh, and, and I don't know a lot about, um, rabbit biology, uh, and kind <laughs> of like what, maybe we can get like a zoologist on, on the podcast to, to talk about what rabbits do. But, Eric, um, Eric, where are you? Where are you? Uh, so this like, does a, does a rabbit like chill in the same kind of like area or does a rabbit kind of like wander, uh, and just go to the next mm. place where like the next sort of like area to, to feed is mm. like, does, does that kind of make sense? I feel like, like you see what rabbits, I'm getting at where I feel like rabbits don't migrate. I feel like they they hang out, they have rabbits, they end up getting killed, 
and the the little rabbits fend for themselves. I feel like they kind of exist in the same place. It's like uh, they're like ants where like they, they make an <laughs> ant hill and then they like do what they need to do and return to the hill. Yep. Uh, it's probably more of like a predator thing to kind of roam from from place to place like a vagabond uh, yeah. trying to lone, find the next prey. So that's right. So that makes sense. So like, so, so the whole thing with Judy is like the, the whole point of Zootopia is that like, she's breaking the rabbit stereotypes. So like, what really can you expect from Judy when, you know, we're talking about like, Oh, does she, does she do as a rabbit would do? Like would a rabbit, uh, you know, stay at home, uh, stay in the countryside, uh, and be, be a farmer like her parents. Like, yeah, that's probably more rabbit like, like it's not rabbit like to be a, a, um, a police officer. Like it's not a rabbit like thing to do to stand up to authority. Like a rabbit's going to want to run away. Yeah. Um, but, but on the other hand, like, you know, and like I was saying on the last episode, she has these smaller moments where she's able to kind of snake her way out of situations. Uh, on the last episode, Courtney mentioned the Guidette that um, Judy Hopps manages to save and like the little, uh, is it um, not Lemurian? That's a cult. Um, uh, is it, I don't, I, uh, Weevils? Like what is that? What is that? Hamster? I don't oh. know, whatever. Oh, the weasel? Yeah, they're like weasel. What is it? A weasel village? I don't know, but it's the Weedette. World? Something like that. Mm, yeah, it there's was, a, there's a it name was like it. Rodent, Rodentville or, Rodentia? or Rodentia? I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh shit. That, I think oh, that might be right. I think you're right. <laughs> are we going to look it up right yeah, now? We're going to Google it really fast. Uh, Zootopia uh, 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 Rodent Land. <laughs> it was little rodentia wow oh. killed it you can have that full point yeah that was freaking impressive. ready Damn. for trivia guys let's go you are <laughs> <laughs> um but that that is you know uh a setup for what happens later in the movie when uh, Judy and Nick Wilde are captured by like the the Godfather, the Marlon Brando, and uh, it seems like they're gonna get fed to the fishes or whatever it is. And yeah. she's like, "Well, I saved." The daughter comes in and she's like, "Oh, I saved your, um, you know, daughter in Little Rodentia," and she and manages to get out of the situation. So, like, I think at heart. Uh, Judy Hopps is is absolutely an escape artist and like that's kind of hmm. the that's like the point that the movie is trying to make is that the the prey um predator dynamic isn't necessarily uh one being better than the other like prey have valuable skills to survive too. Um, and, and Judy, what she demonstrates is that like her kind of shiftiness ability to, to kind of be on her toes, um, not willing to, to be captured. Like that's, she's taking that rabbit quality and using it to, uh, to be a good cop. Hmm. Um, so I, I think like, you know, March hair, he's, he's enjoyable. I really like him as a Disney character, but I think I'm going to move on Judy hops again. Uh, and, and I hate to keep doing it to you. I know, I know you want her to go home. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think we're going to go ahead and, and just suspend 
our kind of like uh, belief system and just assume <laughs> that like the the cops in Zootopia are just uh, and they're they're super good. Just. They're super just and and that it's okay that we're moving uh, the the police bunny judy hops on to the next round so courtney you're gonna be breaking this uh this big tie there we go so i i'm gonna break kyle's heart a little bit here (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) move judy hops along but i'll give you my reasoning behind it so each of the characters judy hops and marge hair like in both of their worlds they're really embodying like human-like characteristics and march hair gives me too much like cracked out caffeinated uncle vibes (laughs) which is unfortunate but with judy hops like if we're talking about zootopia's world and the way it's broken down is you have these different um portions of the world like the sahara desert you have the arctic you have the jungle and all of these different spots and rabbits are all over the world they're they adapt to a lot of different situations you know like a jackrabbit in the desert but in the movie judy escapes a lot of these different areas by being a rabbit by being crafty so if we really want to give it to her in the adaptability sense judy embodies more of a rabbit than the march hare to me so i i gotta give it to the girl sorry kyle hey that's all right i understand it i hate it but i understand it she's a rabbit she's a rabbit (laughs) (laughs) well uh judy moves on to the final four and uh, and then who will go to the finals? Let's start off with the uh, the left side of the bracket where we have number one, Roger Rabbit versus number five, the White Rabbit. And, and Kyle, you sort of were a little bit skeptical about Roger being the number one seed in this bracket. And, yeah. and I felt definitely felt the same way. But kind of like as we keep talking through these rabbits like Roger keeps winning matchup after matchup. And I think Roger wins this matchup uh, for me as well. Yeah. I just, I I think that the white rabbit is um, a a really fun depiction of, of a rabbit. Um, Just, you know, always on the move, very shifty, uh, very docile, um, uh, afraid, definitely like a scaredy cat. Um, but I just, I find Roger to be also so endearing too. uh, not just like in our human world, but like in the world of Roger rabbit, he's endearing as well. And that's kind of like a, a bit where Eddie Valiant like hates Roger and he keeps coming across these people who are like, I love Roger so much. Like I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, you've got, you know, Je- Jessica, who's like, you know, super hot. And he's like, how do you, you know, what do you see in, in Roger, Betty Boop, uh, you know, on, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. like in love with Roger too. And just like, everybody loves Roger Rabbit. And like, I think that that is kind of, there's a good parallel in, in, in real life in the way that we think about uh rabbits if you don't have them as pests in your backyard you know they're 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 pretty universally cute at all ages no matter what type of rabbit you're looking at yeah could be you know one of the, one of those uh, desert hare rabbits pretty cute could be you know a little co- classic cottontail rabbit could be one of those giant rabbits 
that you know people put on leashes and, and, and walk around the neighborhood like <laughs> rabbits are like rabbits are universally cute and so I think that kind of Roger in his Toontown world being universally loved uh, I, you know I think that's that's really appropriate uh, Roger is is like his position as an actor is like, or I guess his profession as an actor is kind of an interesting choice. Um, and and like rabbits don't really seem to have that sort of like regality that you would expect to see in like an actor character in a Disney movie. Like you'd expect it to be like a lion or like a a big cat of some kind that like, uh, you know, you often associate with being, um, you know, loving attention, loving the spotlight and stuff like that. And so kind of Roger being an actor feels a little bit out of rabbit character for him. But I think what's, what is so fascinating about his character and I think what makes him a good actor is that he doesn't really act. Uh, mm. You kind of mentioned the the scene that we meet him in. Uh, it's a It's a baby Herman cartoon, right? And so like baby Herman plays like the cute, cuddly little baby in, uh, in, in, in the scene, goo goo gaga and he's, you know, got shiny giant eyeballs. Uh, and then the camera stops rolling and he's, you know, like a, a New Jersey, uh, scumbag that smokes <laughs> cigarettes and like hangs out with like women who are 30 years younger than him. Right. Um, uh, so <laughs> Roger on the other hand though, is exactly like the way he's depicted in his cartoons. Like he's, he's very clumsy, you know, like we said, he's always getting himself into situations that maybe he doesn't belong in. Uh, he's, he's really, you know, what you see is what you get with him. And that ultimately is what makes him a good actor, a good, a successful performer in, in the world of Toontown. So, uh, I think while he seems, you know, he's not out there in the wild. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to have a relationship with, uh, nature in the same yeah. way that a lot of our other bunnies have here. Um, but I think for a, for a rabbit living in the city, he seems to be completely rabbit uh, mm. and completely bunny-like in the way that he approaches every day. Uh, I appreciate that about him. Um, and I think it's fun to dunk on him and like the way that he was kind of a failed, uh, you know, the, the next Mickey Mouse uh, but I, I think he's underrated, often forgotten, and and I would like to advance him to the finals. Honestly, dang, I feel like Roger as the misfit movie star kind of makes sense though, because it's like he's the comedy actor who no one really expects to be the big movie star. So. For his character, it makes a ton of sense that he's like, you know, this cartoon shorts dude who does all of the gags, a lot of the slapstick stuff. He's known for taking a beating that it seems to be the trend that he's known for in Hollywood. And so for him to be kind of known as as this comedic physical actor, especially when this movie was made in the late 80s, makes a ton of sense. And it, it feels relatable or at least for the audience recognizable, right? So that makes a ton of sense. 
and but him as like a a general rabbit character uh outside like as i've said he seems to embody a lot of those instinctive qualities of escaping danger at any cost even if that means that he's not going to perceive what's going to happen right after he still feels a little bit more like a shifty human character he feels a little bit more like someone who is a a a person <laughs> who's willing to do whatever it takes to get away uh and maybe is too naive to to navigate the situation in totality. I wish that I had like a, a comp to him, uh, but I can't think of one right now because I'm drinking a three months old limoncello <laughs> drink and my hey, brain is It's fermented. There's a little extra in there. The, it, my neurons don't want to fire right now and, and bring back those memories. But he just feels very recognizable as like a human character outside of a rabbit character. And the reason why I really like the white rabbit is because I feel like Disney doesn't, no longer leans into the rabbits. They don't lean into the rabbits because the rabbit was stolen from them. Oswald was taken and they had to trade a sports broadcaster to get him back. And so like they don't naturally lean into the rabbit character. The rabbit characters that we know are often rabbit characters that are on the side of our protagonists or of the story that don't really lead the way. We have Judy Hopps, who's kind of the uh, uh, exception. We have Roger Rabbit, who was an attempted exception. But even Roger was a failure. As you brought up, he was supposed to be the next big thing, and he wasn't. And that's because I think that we enjoy the rabbits as the side characters acting more like rabbits. And that's what the white rabbit does for me. I think the white rabbit kind of gives that rabbit mentality of, of getting away, getting off, getting moving. Uh, avoiding danger, avoiding death, not wanting conflict, not wanting to impede in his own little world that Roger Rabbit just doesn't have. Roger Rabbit is like a, it's a fugitive tale at the at the very bare bones. And, and we feel like we are rescuing an actual human from danger, a human who is dating another human, which is not very conducive to the rest of the kind of Disney world as we think about it. So I'm going to go White Rabbit, which means mm. that Courtney is going to break a tie to send somebody to the finals. It's a tiebreaker. Here <laughs> I am. Um, so as much as I love my boy Roger Rabbit and his ride, um, I am going with White Rabbit on the justification that anatomically he looks more like a rabbit. He acts more like a rabbit. Like you said, Roger Rabbit's married to a human. Like <laughs> a hot human at the like, come on. But if you think about it, you could replace Roger Rabbit with any other animal, any other human, and he would still probably embody the same characteristics and be just fine. So White Rabbit it is. All right. Who's going to meet the White Rabbit in the finals? And I think we all know who Kyle's <laughs> going to send to the finals here. It's number two, Thumper versus number three, Judy Hopps. And it, it has to be my boy, Thumper. Thumper just feels like he he embodies what it is to be a cartoon rabbit, a Disney rabbit, just the, oozing with character, oozing with personality, but also showing the craftsmanship of the animators and the, his design. Uh, we see him interact with his friends. We see him interact with a love interest. There's a lot of dimension to the side character. And this is what I was talking about. We have a side character rabbit 
that we've grown to love because of the part that he plays in advancing the plot. And maybe Thumper is a little bit more hands-on than somebody like the White Rabbit, but he still plays such an integral part that we have grown to love him. He's another character that you kind of see in marketing materials when it comes to rabbit things, right? It's it's White Rabbit, it's Thumper. If you're lucky, it's Roger Rabbit. <laughs> you probably will get Miss Bunny before you get Roger Rabbit. Like he is just the perfection of of a rabbit character in the Disney zeitgeist to me. And it's crazy that they nailed it so early. You know, like they they got it right and they kind of stuck with it. The rabbits are going to be the side characters. We're going to we're going to stick to the side characters with a specific personality and they're going to run with it. And we get Winnie the Pooh's rabbit. Uh, we get the March Hare. We get not, <laughs> we get Lucky Jack, unfortunately. But like Thumper just has it. He's got the charisma. He does not impede on our enjoyment of the film. If anything, he adds to it. And then he just embodies what it is to be a rabbit. He has his natural instincts. He comes from a big family. He creates a big family. It's just very enjoyable. I love Thumper. Number two is going to go on to the finals for me. Can I just real quickly? Uh, I was hoping Roger would move on uh, to the <laughs> finals, but I'll go ahead and do this and we can say goodbye to Roger. Okay. Uh, I want to read a line from Roger who framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. Uh, this is dialogue. So, so uh, Eddie Valiant, they were still looking for the will after they killed him. Dolores, anything I can do. Eddie Valiant, maybe you could go down and check the probate. Roger, yeah, check the probate. My uncle Thumper had a problem with his probate and he had to take these big pills and drink lots of water. Uh, so Thumper may be Roger Rabbit's uncle. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm this, here for it. This was something I just found like as we were recording the last couple rounds. Uh <laughs> Absolutely fascinating piece of information Holy that hell. somewhat tracks for me because yeah. uh, Thumper and and Roger they they um like they have the Kavorka like they can they <laughs> they have some type of like bunny energy that just they can get it, dude. They yeah, yeah, yeah. It. They absolutely can get it. Um, Both so, of them. so shout out to Thumper and his bloodline. That's pretty great. Um, congrats, congrats on the sex, guys. That's pretty um, great. Yeah. So, At least, uh, Roger Rabbit has more riz than his uncle. <laughs> true, 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 big true. true. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you. It's been fun trolling you and and moving Judy Hops along <laughs> this whole time. Uh, but. Uh, we got. We have to send Thumper to the finals. I think we universally love this character. Uh, Courtney, do you think, like, you know, if it came down to it, would you move your your girl Judy Hops uh, from Zootopia on over Thumper? No, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna cut her off. Unfortunately, it's it's time. It is time. <laughs> she has met her match. But I definitely think Thumper just he embodies a rabbit. Rabbit like. If there was a full name that Disney was going to pick next, it would be Rabbit Rabbit. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have our finals matchup. It's number five, the White Rabbit versus number two, Thumper from Bambi. And, and it has to be Thumper. It has to be Thumper, guys. It's the it's the perfect balance of traits that we're looking for in a best Disney animal. 
Um, I love that this matchup is like two very old Disney characters. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so much of the old Disney content is hit and miss. I think Disney has, you know, done a better job at like rounding out character, uh, you know, since the beginning of the Disney Renaissance. And it's cool to kind of see two classic characters um, in, in the finals matchup here. But Thumper is just such a great, well-written sidekick. Um, such a, a, a recognizable Disney character. You might not know if Thumper's a boy or a girl or not, but you know <laughs> when you see Thumper that that's the bunny from Bambi. Like, you know who he goes with. Um and, and, you know, something I'll, I'll bring it back to the first round matchup. Something that I loved about Stella Lou was that Stella Lou uh, was the representation of like this soft, gentle cuddliness of mm. bunny rabbits. And I something I love about Thumper is that he does such a good job at like um, appearing in like Disney baby merch uh, right. and like the Disney baby product lines and stuff like he is a main character in the like soft, gentle Disney character roster. Uh, and, and I think that's really cool that he can kind of play that part. Um, but he's also pretty damn funny. Uh, and, and he's also, you know, kind of a smart ass and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, like if you want one more bunny thing about him, yeah, your boy loves to eat. Uh, and if there's anything yep. I know about bunnies is that they, they munch down on some grass and, uh, and Thumper loves to, he actually likes eating the flowers, uh, more than eating the grass, but, right. um, but he, he, he gets down to it when he has to, uh, I, I definitely have Thumper. I love this movie. I love this character. I have loved get talking about him uh, on this bracket and I hope you all agree with me. Yeah, it's going to be Thumper for sure. He I didn't really see a scenario in this bracket in which Thumper didn't take the crown. And I'm glad that he made his way there despite any challenges that he may or could have faced. It, it just, they they got it right on the first stab. I mean, you know, they, they attempted with Oswald, but their focus wasn't on rabbits. It was on Oswald as the character. Uh, basically, like, who, who will be Mickey? <laughs> just reskin Mickey and it's Oswald. And so it's really great that they kind of figured out, okay, well, with the Snow White thing, we gave everybody a personality and developed their character. So what if we did that with animals? And that's something that people didn't really do. All of the animals' characters kind of just behaved like humans. And here we have animals that have hint of humans in them that it's relatable enough, but still act like their animal selves. And Thumper is the embodiment of that. Thumper probably has the most lines in this film. If we went back and looked at it, like he is carrying Bambi on his back, the film itself on his back and Bambi, Bambi on his back. So it's just so great to have the side character as this rabbit who embodies what it is to be a rabbit, has these traits, can give the humor without being slapsticky, can be endearing, can be loving uh, and have us fall in love with them. I think it just makes a ton of sense, uh, and and Thumper truly is is the king. We're gonna crown, we're gonna crown him. So as we do at the end of every bracket, we are going to clap it out for our king, Thumper. Courtney, would you have had Thumper as the winner here? Yeah, I I definitely think uh, Thumper takes the cake. It just 
it made sense. He he's quite literally a bunny that embodies all bunny characteristics through the life cycle in Bambi, and he's just such a fun and lovable character. Yeah, he's wonderful. And I like I said at the top of this show, these are some of my favorite brackets to do because we get to dive into these characters, especially some of the obscure. And really figure out why they exist. (laughs) And I think that we dwindled it down to figure out that Thumper exists for a really, really important reason. And he carried that he carried that movie. So this this was a fun one. I'm I'm glad we got to where we did. Yeah, and shout out to Thumper for joining Bambi in the Mouse Madness Hall of Fame, by the way. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, this, right. This mo- and uh, joining Little April Showers in the Mouse Madness Hall of Fame. Damn, too. This movie's yeah. an absolute juggernaut. Bambi's got some banners in the Mouse Madness Hall of Fame. You gotta love to see it, Courtney. Thank you so much for joining us on your very first Mouse Madness bracket. Uh, we hope you had a good time and we hope to see you back sometime soon. Thanks, guys. It was a ton of fun. All right, everyone. Well, do you have something to say about this Disney bunny matchup? Do you have a, a fun bracket idea? Do you want to hop in and, and give it a shot? Maybe it's your first time uh, co-hosting and breaking pies on the Mouse Madness podcast. Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level. By becoming a member of Jerry's gang, or you'll have access to things like two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month. Access to video episodes, the right mm. to vote on bracket topics, behind-the-scenes mm. updates and vlogs from the boys when we do Disney stuff in person, uh, mm. and of course, an invite to our, our seasonal Disney trivia event. We just did our winter one, but you know we'd love to have you for our, our spring edition as well. It's always a ton of fun over at Jerry's Gang. We would love to have you. I'm going to leave you all with uh, uh, a quote <laughs> that we haven't even talked about uh, there. They call, us, they call this Thumper's Rule. Oh, If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all.